Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. I'm here with Bob Stout, the owner of the Wildcat Lounge. Bob, how are you? I'm good, Josh. Good to, good to be here with you sitting down and talking. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I wanted to dive right in and talk to you about what's going on right now in Santa Barbara in the context of the shelter in place and the COVID-19 pandemic. You were the president of the Downtown Association. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to know, how are you guys dealing with all of these major significant business impacts? Wow. Uh, in a word, it's just, uh, well, it's it's something that none of us have really dealt with. I think going back to the recession or the banking thing back in 2007, 2008, uh, uh, and before that, uh, no one can really relate to this. So uh, the businesses, and as you know, downtown, uh, it's not a ghost town by any means. I walk it every day, but uh, with the businesses closed, we're just really seeing how uh, how important the economy is, and specifically downtown. So um, we've been, what is this, about six weeks into it now, it seems like since March 17th. And um, it's, it's, it's obviously had a huge impact and everybody's kind of adjusting on the fly. Now, I mentioned the Wildcat Lounge. Tell me what else you own in Santa Barbara. Well, currently, yes, I, I own the Wildcat. Well, I've had this since 1992. Uh, and then we recently opened, four years ago, we opened a little room to the side called the Bobcat Room. The, the name wasn't my idea, but uh, uh, it stuck. And then uh, we opened a little kitchen restaurant uh, right next door about the same time, about four years ago. Before that, I, I go way back. I started the Sojourner Coffee House on East Cannon Perdido uh, back in the late 70s, and then uh, did Zello in 1984, and then uh, Wildcat 92, Blue Agave, I think it was 95 and Velvet Jones for a short while. So right now it's just uh, just the West Ortega portion of things. I don't, I don't like uh, driving around too much. It's funny. This is like a trip down memory lane for me from the early 90s, mentioning these old, uh, you know, older establishments back when I was in my heyday. I didn't know that you owned. How has this impacted you and your businesses here on West Ortega? What, how have you been able to survive this and deal with this? Well, you know, we, we pretty much shut down. We tried the first weekend on our own to voluntarily reduce our capacity, not have dancing, and we kind of hoped that that would keep the Wildcat open in some way, shape, or form, keep some people employed. But that was on March 15th, that weekend, and I think Governor Newsom saw some people acting out, kind of in peril of what he's seen with the beach scene lately, and, you know, put the skids on that and made his decision. So uh, we've been closed since, I guess, it's March 17th, and um, we're doing nothing but maybe a few deliveries just to some really good customers, little kitty care packages, we call them. We don't charge or anything. A little kitchen next door, uh, we closed as well. And uh, like a lot of restaurants, uh, we had that decision to make whether we wanted to do takeout and delivery. And uh, we decided not to do that. Just it's not cost efficient. Uh, there are some restaurants that are doing okay with that. And uh, as president of the downtown Santa Barbara right now, uh, which has been real interesting since our uh, executive director resigned, I think on the about on the 15th. Uh, nothing to really do with COVID, by the way, but um, I've been wearing kind of multiple hats lately. It's been uh, stimulating, to say the least. How have you been able to survive the economic impact? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're an experienced business owner, and you, you know how to run businesses, and you've been around a long time, but when your business is dancing and drinking and you have 
the you don't have the ability to do that in the numbers that you did before how are you handling this as a small business owner well obviously all of our revenues have come to a a halt not a slowdown just a halt and we have bills that you know we're still on the table that we're trying to pay off um fortunately i've been in business my wife and i've owned the wildcat for a while so we've you know personally you know we're we're secure more secure than a lot of folks we have had our house up on the mesa for a long time so it's become more of a focus on how we can take care of our employees um, and how we can come back when we are phased back in and we certainly see that bars and especially dance clubs are going to be probably phased in back who knows but with live sporting events to open up halfway for a lot of businesses for a lot of restaurants it doesn't make sense and and that's one i think misnomer that's out there misconception that oh well restaurants could open up part way or a bar could open up part way um you'll probably lose money depending on your relationship with your landlord because rent especially in santa barbara uh the fixed costs such as rent and insurance you know you still have to have insurance on your place um the fixed cost the utilities you have to be able to cover those and really and then you're of course the limited payroll that you'd have so um these new CARES Act programs that have come along. That's a whole other story, Josh. Those things have just caused so much headache and so much hope. Um, I could go on forever on that, but it's a good thing. It's just caused a lot of restaurant bar owners, business owners to have to learn completely new things in an era where there's not a lot of answers, especially in regards to the Paychecks Protection Plan and and the uh, EIDL loans and such. Sorry to get too deep on that, but... Now you are wearing two hats, so you're experiencing this as a small business owner yourself, but now you're also dealing with all these other businesses downtown. What is the DO doing right now in terms of trying to survive this and help businesses? Right. Well, uh, downtown Santa Barbara, I call it the DO because downtown organization was always our name for years. So Yeah, I'm sorry. Am I dated? That's it's what I used to totally call it. It's totally fine. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's nice to hear I always call it the DO. But, uh, yeah, our logo now says downtown Santa Barbara. Actually, we're the downtown organization of Santa Barbara, so I think we're okay calling it the DO. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got uh, a limited staff. We cut back. We're like any business. We're watching our expenses. Um, we're going to the city for our fiscal budget, which is the absolute worst time we could ever do that. And we're really excited. We've got an interim director that we um, are about to put a job offer out to. And we're really excited about what we can do. Uh, I think the city, well, back to your question, sorry. The, the question, you know, being that what a business is doing, what's the DO to, doing to help out? Two things. If you go to our website, downtownsantabarbara.org, um, Tim Person, our social media uh, director, um, even though he's been cut back in hours, he's really doing a great job along with Eric Kruger, our operations guy. And if you look on there, you'll see a thing called the um, EAT program. It's E, it's an acronym for Employee Appreciation Trade. And what we've done, and Laura, Pas- Laura Knight from Pascucci, who's sort of the Saint Santa Barbara, really, in my opinion, she put together this program, and Eric and Tim, we all worked on it. And it has raised over $10,000 in, in only about three weeks. Uh, restaurants are basically uh, coughing up $20 gift cards. And the whole idea is you cough up a gift card, you throw it in the pile, and you take one. And you give those to your out-of-work employees. And a lot of the out-of-work employees 
um, qualify for unemployment, uh, are getting help, uh, haven't gotten help, live paycheck to paycheck, and some don't uh, get unemployment. So this is really an opportunity to put in 20 $10 gift cards and take 20 others and go and hand those out to your employees. And like I said, it's uh, raised over, I think we have over 550 gift cards. And then on top of it, uh, a good Samaritan in Santa Barbara saw the program and uh, donated $5,000 to it. So now we can go out and buy 250 more gift cards. So our auto work employees have gift cards. And a lot of these folks uh, have not eaten at local restaurants and during this time would have no other way to, you know, really, really trying to stretch their dollar. What percentage of businesses in your uh, region in the downtown do you think are going to be able to survive this? Have you, do you have any sense of that? Yeah, that's a, uh, I think the number that I hear, um, you know, I'm more familiar with the restaurants uh, and the bars and the nightclubs, but through the through the downtown organization, I really am in contact with a lot of the retail. And to some extent, I think retail has been kind of forgotten. I think a lot of people are talking about the restaurants, which is great, but the retail um, is really difficult. They may be able to come back. You know, before COVID, as you know, Santa Barbara, the downtown State Street area, you know, we've been, there's been a lot of struggling businesses. And I think recently in the last year, our vacancy rate has actually gone up, not down. And so it's going to take a hit. I, I've heard 30%. And I guess that's sort of a number. I think it's, it's so much depends on your relationship with your landlord. Let's face it. If your landlord's sitting there saying, you know, hardballing you and you're already on the edge and if they're giving you a break, it's a whole different story. But these uh, business loans are really helpful. The forgiveness part of the Paycheck Protection Plan, the PPP, um, is really enticing. You pay your employees, have a little left over for rent, but um, you can't come back with a loan if you're already hurting and a lot of businesses are in that situation. We're sort of at ground zero right now, downtown, for this whole conversation about housing. There recently was a proposal for 84 units. It's very early in the planning process, but over there behind Staples in the parking lot, we know there's a lot of movement and talk toward bringing more housing downtown. And this was happening obviously before COVID-19 and there's a lot more urgency for this now because everything as bad as it was, it's a lot worse now. What do you think of this, these efforts to build housing downtown? Is this a good thing for this community? I really think it, it, it's, it's, I wish it could happen sooner. And we all know there's reasons why it can't and that's been bantered around. But um, I think it's really important that we do that. I think most all of us realize that we have too much retail space up and down State Street. Um, and these buildings that are I mean, Josh, you've heard it, but these buildings that are 20 feet long. Zello was 20 feet long by 120, I'm sorry, 20 feet wide by 120 feet long. And that worked as a restaurant because we had a display kitchen. But if you've got a retail store uh, and you've got that kind of layout, it just doesn't work. People want to, so I think there has to be a lot of um, looking at the buildings that were formerly retail uh, and especially offices, not offices just on State Street either. There's offices up and down Carrillo, um, Canada Perdido, and I think housing coming in uh, would be great, whether it's right downtown 
or whether it's within four or five blocks of downtown, which might even be more preferable. But I think if you look at that as downtown, four or five blocks either side of State Street, I think I think there's great opportunity. And I think obviously the influx of people, um, less reliance on cars, I, I do buy into that. And I think there's some exciting ideas out there. What do you think of Paseo Nuevo? We're right here, we're right by it. Mm -hmm. There's a long-term lease that the agreement that the city's gonna go into Paseo Nuevo with. There's talk about what to do with the old Macy's Broadway building. Mm -hmm. um, Nordstrom's still there. We've always wondering how long they're gonna be there. What's your take on sort of what the future of that mall should be in this context? We obviously know malls around America are not surviving. This is a different kind of mall. It's a Santa Barbara open air kind of mall. But what's your sort of vision for the Sail Nuevo? Well, so much because, like you say, it's right across the street, and I know the folks over there. And um, even though they can't talk about a lot of things, I'm sure they're they're dealings. But I think we saw the night market that went in there last Christmas, and and I just saw how much that enlivened it up. So we miss having something in the Macy's building. Um, I've heard ideas that there's going to be like a luxury theater on the second, third floor. I would love to see a mini Gelson's or a, a small grocery that wasn't, you know, too overpriced that would be downtown. Um, people picking up stuff to go. So I think that I would love to see, I like the mall. I think retail is hurting. I think more experiential, uh, more service oriented uh, establishments, for instance, uh, I would just love the idea, I've fantasized about the idea of uh, Channel Islands, let's say, having a downtown Santa Barbara campus. You got the parking, everybody could go out for lunch after, you know, during their classes. Uh, you wouldn't have to commute to Channel Islands and, or you know, wherever that campus is down there. Mm -hmm. And uh, those kind of things. So bringing different things other than retail into these spaces. Um, physically, I mean, I like the mall. I think what they're doing to open it up a little bit more. I mean, I think personally they should open it up to Ortega Street, that'd be great for my restaurant. <laughs> and I think it's less monolith, monolithic in nature. I think opening up the back of the mall to Chapala Street, like they're starting to do, is helpful. So um, it's in the heart of our town, and I think just because retail isn't thriving right now, I think it can still be something. Talk to me about how you got started. We see so many restaurants, bars, there's such mm -hmm. turnover. You've been able to do this for a long time. The Wildcat is a, an icon of Santa Barbara. <laughs> you know, people are familiar with it around the world. How did you get into managing and owning nightclubs in Santa Barbara? Oh, by uh, happenstance, I started the Sojourner Coffee House with my best friend, Wally Marantet, and we were both from the Midwest, and we were playing a game called Ultimate Frisbee and a lot of basketball, and we both sold crafts down at the beach. And one day, I think we had maybe one too many margaritas at Joe's, the old Joe's, and decided we were gonna start a restaurant. So we started the Sojourner as a great place to hang out. Well, within about the first month, we, we erased that uh, logo on our menus because everybody was just hanging out and not buying anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we started the Sojourner, and uh, I'd never washed a dish in my life. My mom at the time, couldn't believe I was getting in the restaurant. She goes, you've never cooked, you've never, you, you know, you don't clean up. I mean, what are you doing? Then I introduced her to Wally, and Wally was pretty amazing. So we had a great partnership and started that, and then we started Zello. Um, I took a real liking to the new food that was happening on the West Coast, a lot of trips to San Francisco, and uh, we started Zello, which a lot of folks who have been around town remember that is really having great food, and then, of course, it turned into a nightclub, 
at night and uh, and then on from there, really. Where did that name come from? <laughs> Zello, Zest for Life in, in Italian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we came up with that and really liked it. So funny stories around that. Uh, one time my, uh, my lead bartender, uh, he was in the radio, radiology program at uh, City College, I guess, and he worked at the hospitals every one Saturday a month. Otherwise, he'd be bartending for us. He came in one night. And he goes, "Yeah, I was working in the hospital last week, and these two French gals, really, you know, cuties. They came in, but one had a cut foot, and I and our logo was kind of weird. It was all capital letters except for the uh, the L in Zello, which was lower case. So it kind of read differently. And so Mickey Nikki said, "Where, where, have you, where'd you hurt yourself?" And she goes, "Oh, we hurt ourselves at this club called Z10." <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Zello, and then Blue Agave, of course, the Wildcat, and then I had now, uh, Blue Agave was the two-story place. Right? Yeah, and yeah. went upstairs to hide right. out there and have the nice two bars. I remember that. We had a great time at Blue Agave. I had two really good partners, and uh, we were just a uh, yeah. We hit that whole upstairs downstairs thing. Uh, some great stories there. We did really well for a while, and uh, then uh, I kind of left there just to focus on on the Wildcat. And uh, before that, I always had two places. and So I guess kind of having a little kitchen, the restaurant, and the Wildcat uh, kind of feels pretty natural for me. I miss the, uh, I miss the restaurant season, restaurant uh, you know, life, so I kind of got back into that. What is the life like as a nightclub owner? I think that it seems as though it could be, it could be kind of difficult in terms of just the lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. you're probably, I mean, were there times when... You were here all night. You were right here. Uh, did you decide at some point I'm just going to go home and get some sleep? Can you kind of help me understand what's it like to be sort of like a young nightclub owner in Santa Barbara? Well, if I can remember what it was like to be a young <laughs> nightclub owner, I would probably tell you stories we couldn't have right now. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I used to work every night, you know, and I remember going home at, you know, we closed down at 2 and go home by the time I run pretty hot. So by the time I really... You know, calm down and had a glass of wine or a pint of ice cream, and I uh, went to bed. It was three or four, uh, and I don't do that anymore. Uh, fortunately, I've got some really great people here who've worked for me for 18, 20 years, some security guys, some bartenders. Um, but I love the life. I love it now. Even even people say, God, how are you still doing that? But it's um, we have a family of about 45 workers here at the Wildcat alone, and so many of them have been able to work here and then maintain their passion their other passion whether it was a always had a gal that you know um got a job out of ucsb in ocean and you know she's a teacher out there now um musicians who move on to other things and so we've been able to really keep people here and allow them many of them to stay in santa barbara because they needed to kind of take that four or five six seven years to catch on um it's an interesting life uh it's much different now that i'm 20 years or you know 25 years older than I was uh, but I was never really a crazy guy um, fun but I've always had you know a uh, girlfriend I've had my wife for quite a while now and she's amazing and she's my partner and we work at home together and then we'll work down here I'm more down here and she's more the daytime person so uh, it's fun it actually a lot of fun and it is stressful sometimes but I do a lot of other things to manage the stress now, depending on the time, there's a tension on the downtown bar and club scene. Depending on your city council, 
activists. Some people raise questions about whether we have too many bars, too many nightclubs. Does it contribute to too much cost in police services? What do you think about that whole conversation? I mean, we do have a lot of places mm-hmm. uh, traditionally to, to go out and you know, get a drink on, on State Street. What role do you see sort of in mm-hmm. helping to be able to provide this kind of uh, entertainment and these kinds of offerings, but also being responsible in the community? Right. Well, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, through the years, there's been times when there's been certain folks who've really, like you say, politics cycle every four years, whatever, police chiefs come and go, uh, and public sentiment changes. And um, the way I look at that, there's so much to say about that, but what I can really say is there are so many people and not just young people think that it's the clubs or the bars are just 20 year olds and college kids it's really not the case I mean, we have people on a friday night at midnight with their hands up in the air with big smiles on their faces they might have had a few drinks in them some not and everybody's blowing off steam having a good time for the most part and they're just really enjoying life and you know these folks have college and a job they've got a day job and two night jobs and they're working their tails off and so I think for people to forget that there needs to be as much as there needs to be entertainment and skate parks and and things outlets for people to do um, there needs to be places for people to you know have a drink or not and enjoy themselves and hear good music and get a little crazy so I really feel in my heart that we serve a good purpose having said that we serve alcohol, and we need to really be prudent. Um, I think the fact that traditionally a lot of Santa Barbara's bars and restaurants, bars and nightclubs, have been kind of focused in a three or four block area, I think to some extent that certainly causes some noise and some problems, but I think it also concentrates things so that if there is a problem, and I've seen this many a night, if there is a call, somebody's here really quick. We may have a couple uh, officers out in front of the Wildcat and just kind of talking to our door guys, just sort of taking a break, uh, just waiting for a call. And, and and when they get the call, they're minutes away. I can also say this. Um, you know, I've been doing this long enough to, to be really straightforward about this. Um, there's There are fewer bars. I don't know about liquor license, but there's fewer bars, fewer dance clubs than there were three years ago. There's fewer problems, or there really are, than there were three, three or four years ago five or six years ago, 10 years ago. Um, the city put a lot of, allowed the ABC, the Alcoholic Beverage Control, allowed a lot of liquor licenses uh, in, ni- in the 90s. And a lot of those businesses, for the first time in the last five years, we're seeing a nightclub like uh, 634, Safari, uh, Tonic, you know, whatever it was called. We're seeing those places not come back as late night nightclubs. So the marketplace really dictates it. And I'm, I'm seeing... With breweries and such, things are changing. So, obviously, I, I feel strongly that what we, what my employees and my wife and I do, we provide a really good service. But we have to be really responsible. Yeah. You know, you have always had Sunday night as an LGBTQ mm-hmm. night. And I'm wondering sort of why you've sort of um, made that available to people. Mm-hmm. Wildcat's always been a welcoming place. Yeah. Um, every night of the week, but definitely Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of those nightclubs sort of market it in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, why has that always been sort of an important uh, value for you to be able to open that in the community? Maybe not so much now, but certainly 20 years ago when you were doing it, it was a big deal. 
Oh yeah, I mean, as I'd say probably seven or eight years ago, we'd have people, staff members that would come to me and say, hey, you know, uh, college kids aren't coming in here as much as they're going to another club because they think it's a gay club. And I was like, well, you know, too bad. I mean, you know, they think what they want, but we're very, you know, open to everybody. Uh, it really, for me, Josh, it really goes back to when I had Zello and it was just great restaurant and a raging nightclub. My four of my very best friends were gay and they all passed away within a nine month period with AIDS. Um, the Magic Johnson thing was right around there. So I was very close to a lot of people who were personally affected. I've always had a number of, um, a wide variety of people working for me and it's never, I don't know, it's just never been a thing for me. So it was real natural. Plus we have, uh, we've had great promoters. We've had Robert Mendez who's promoted our Sunday Red Room. And it, it's just so different. Five, ten years ago, people would kind of be a little nervous and they'd come in. And now it's almost like it's just so it's so nice to see the attitudes change and to have a venue where you can actually see that happening. It's just, you know, I'm so proud of that. And I'm only a very small part of it. Yeah. You know, just turning the focus back to, to downtown, mm -hmm. how long is this going to take? And we don't know when things are going to reopen. We know that we have these phases that we have to go through, we have to meet certain situations before we can start to reopen. How long is this gonna last before Santa Barbara is back to the way it once was? I'm pretty, I've been right on top of it. I mean, I've been listening to the governor's conferences and I'm on the mayor's, uh, as you know, the mayor's recovery uh, advisory group. Uh, and I hear, and I follow a lot, I read a lot. I don't just go home and tune into you know, CNN. I try to read as much as possible. Um, who knows, but I think, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I think there's gonna be some fallout. There's gonna be some business that go by the wayside. Uh, a lot of it depends on whether the government continues to uh, help with unemployment. Um, but bottom line is, it doesn't do you to, much good to open up as a restaurant, a nightclub, uh, a county bowl, or anything else if people aren't coming to Santa Barbara. So we've got to get people back. And I think that's where downtown Santa Barbara fits in, the organization. Because if we can partner with the city and do some really neat things when it's, when it's available to us, when we can open up, if we can have uh, pedestrian-friendly you know, street events where we close the street and we do something, if we can expand farmer's market, have some entertainment um, where people can walk around you know, once it's safe, I think that's going to bring more of a buzz downtown. And let's face it, Santa Barbara is a beautiful town. Um, and we're always going to get people who want to come here. I think there's going to be a real drive market, meaning maybe not so many people flying into L.A. And, and going up and down the coast, but a lot of folks are going to want to drive from Los Angeles, other areas to come up to Santa Barbara. So um, I don't know when we'll be open, probably in the later phases, and that's really tough on us. I mean, that keeps us awake at night. Um, how many of our employees will be around? I don't know. We're trying to keep as many as we can. But... Um, I think Santa Barbara will come around. Obviously, it depends entirely on the scientific and the governmental uh, phase and periods. But um, and people, I think, I'm a little afraid people have gotten used to ordering food and staying home. Older folks, you know, aren't, aren't so freaked out about getting on their phone and ordering food. So that might uh, that might be a little tough on the restaurants. But I think people will want to come back out. So I'm thinking, you know. Six to 12 months, we'll start to really see things really come back. And the big question is what happens for the next two to two to six. And you mentioned that you're gonna have a new interim executive director. 
the Downtown Association had some turnover. Mm-hmm. You had Mikey Campbell, you had Kerry Kelly. Um, what do you sort of uh, think of the direction of the, the Downtown Association going forward in terms of helping to maybe, you know, sort of be more of a player, shape what's happening downtown? What can people look forward to going forward from the Right, right. Well, first off, downtown uh, Santa Barbara has about 1,200 members, and a lot of folks don't even know what they're paying their business improvement district fee for, and that's okay. I mean, we've got to get out. Our, our whole operational plan, we switched over from plan A, and then when COVID hit, we switched over to plan B, and I am very excited about it. If we can get the money to, to do the things we want to do with a new exciting interim director who, who knows could very well turn into a, a long-term The things we want to do, two things. We want to engage our members, go out door to door, and let them know not only who we are, but how we can help retain business. So engagement and then retention of business is the focus. I mean, it was going to be business recruitment, bringing in new businesses to State Street or wherever, but now it's really retaining the ones we have. And there's ways to do that. You teach a store owner um, more about social media, um, more about omni-channel marketing different ways they can integrate their particular marketing skills that they may never have known about. And in an hour, they can learn a few things. And then secondly, partnering with the city, because we can't do it alone. And I don't think the city can do it alone. I think the experiment weekend that we did was a great example of what could happen without a lot of money if the city and an organization like ours partners together and uses a lot of volunteers and pulls in some resources from the city and gets everybody pitching in together because that was just such a success. Can you talk at all about um, who you're going to be or when you're going to be announcing this new executive director? Well, we've got a job offer out. That's about all I can say right now, Josh. (laughs) We've had a few people without even putting anything uh, in the paper or out there. We've we've had a number of people. It's a real, um, it's a nice job. You're running an organization in a beautiful you know, beautiful city, and, and we are dedicated to getting somebody local who really uh, knows the knows knows the playbook downtown. Because at this time, we really feel it's important to to really help the businesses, to know the businesses, and and know some of the players, and really make things happen as as quickly as possible. And since we're talking about COVID nineteen, how about you personally? How have you been impacted? How has your life changed? Well. You know, I've got this dog, and he gets me out about uh, every day. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story, and I'm sure everybody listening can relate to this. Uh, I've switched over from you know coming down and ordering liquor and having meetings with uh, staff and promotions and such. Uh, I've, I've switched over from that to being pretty much a full-time on my computer. I've had to learn how to set up Zoom conferences and such, not only from, from my work, but from downtown Santa Barbara. The other day, I was... Uh, my wife works at home too. She's always she has. We have an office at home, little house on the Mesa. And it's just we can't have people over. We've got so many papers all over the place, laptops and everything. Uh, but the other day I realized I I got up and I just was, you know seven eight o'clock in the morning. I worked all day, and I finally the dog was looking at me and I said I got to get out. You know, so I took the dog out, got my my running shoes on and um, realized I still had my uh, boxers on from sleeping. <laughs> I was halfway out. I was halfway out on the street. So, you know, I'm working harder. Uh, I think the first week or two we got on each other's nerves a little bit more than usual. But mostly we just miss our, our little wildcat little kitchen family and miss being down here. The downtown uh, organization president, you know, acting executive director really uh, has 
really uh, given me more opportunity to go downtown, to go to the office, to walk back and forth. And, uh, you know, I'm always down here anyway, so I miss being downtown, but uh, we'll get through it. Great. Well, it's been my pleasure talking to you, Bob. This has been a really cool conversation, and I got to know a lot more about you. Um, thanks for taking a few minutes to talk. No, my pleasure, Josh. And you can find more podcasts like this at www.santabarbatalks.com.